Welcome to the Fast Forward Podcast, the series dedicated to answering the challenges that keep entrepreneurs awake at night. I'm your host, Patricia Keating. Today's episode is about business ideas. They come from many different places, whether it's solving problems, innovating solutions, but today's guests have turned a thoughtful present into a sustainable e-commerce gift business, and now it's a family affair. So we've brought them in today to learn more about their journey and how that has been going for them. So welcome today, Kate Greenlaw and John Greenlaw. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, about this. I mean, the story behind your your business is is really very inspiring. Um, so a year of dates. That's the that's the business, yes. and it's been going for for two and a half years. And we'll get into the whole startup journey over the course of the next half hour. Um, but John, I think I'd like to start with you um, because I think we'd really love to hear about where this business. Um, originated and and how it all came to life, and that was really down to you. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> it's, all, it's all being it's all spun away from a Christmas, Christmas present that I made Kate. So the previous year we had the usual. We're not doing any Christmas presents this year. I got Kate a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Kate didn't get me a Christmas present. Raging. Yeah, great. <laughs> so the year after that, I thought, well, we are going to get Christmas presents. So I now need to make sure that you know she. Um, I get her a good present, so I had, I had a good think, um, and obviously you, you see you see online like effectively date jars. So I um, had a quick look on look online. There weren't there weren't there weren't anything to buy, mm-hmm. so I made my own uh, nice glass jar, tied ribbons. Um, I think we had about seventy four envelopes all sealed with different date IDs in it, um, and then wrote the poem to go with it so to, to give on Christmas Day. And Kate, you were the lucky recipient on that on that Christmas Day. Yeah, I don't think we've managed to find another Christmas present or birthday present to uh, to trump this one yet. Mm. It's uh, it certainly stopped everyone on Christmas Day and made them wish that they'd got one. I think as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the idea was we opened a date envelope each week and we had that week to do what the what the card told us to do. Um, so it could have been going out for dinner, going for a picnic. Mm. One of them was um, just to read a book. Um, there was do a jigsaw, that kind of thing. So it just really made us kind of think and it just made us stop when we got home from work and not just put the telly on and, and sit down and mess on our phones all night. It was actually us spending some time together. Um, it was a really good idea. Yeah, it was um, every Monday morning yeah. we'd open the envelope. Yeah. Um, and then the idea was we'd try and fit that in that week. So predominantly we'd aim to do that at the weekend, but depending upon what it was, mm. it might be actually we could have done it on a Friday night or a Wednesday night or it, it might tie into something that we've actually got arranged in that week anyway. Yeah. Um, so we yeah, so we opened it on a Monday and then it, we, we, it would encourage us to talk about it, discuss it throughout the week and then and actually then do something together. And a great conversation starter, I think, you know, in terms of having that to look forward to. And how did it feel that Christmas Day when you first opened that? Because um, it must have been quite a, you know, quite a surprise. Yeah, it was a huge surprise. Um, and it was just such a thoughtful thing to do. And obviously a lot of time and thought had gone into it. Like he, he, John said, there were 74 envelopes in there because he kept coming up with more ideas. Mm. And because they were all sealed in the jar already, he couldn't take all the ones out. So he just kept <laughs> adding to it. Um, I have to admit there are still about 30 in the jar we still haven't finished it and this was 2014 I think it must have been Mm. so yeah um we're we're still working our way through hours but we don't have much time for that anymore unfortunately and that's (laughs) because you're doing it for everybody else exactly (laughs) so a very thoughtful gift um a great powerful connector uh, between the two of you um so how did that evolve then to actually then for you to decide to do it for other people well um 
roughly nine months later, I was on maternity leave. That was a really good jar. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good first date. It's, yeah. it's not a good sales good job, John. <laughs> not a good sales line. I don't think that one, it puts quite a lot of people off. Um, so we'd made the decision I wasn't going to go back to my job. I have always worked in the design industry, so I've been a graphic designer and an account manager. Mm-hmm. But with the commute and the hours that were needed, um, we'd made the decision I wasn't going to go back. So fast forward to summer 2016, I was out on a walk with some of the other mums and, and babies and I think must, someone must have said, what are you doing this weekend? And it was a date out of the jar. So I ended up explaining the whole concept and why we were doing whichever random activity it was that we'd mm. we'd pulled out. Um, and a lot of people had already said it, but this lady said to me, oh, I wish I had the ideas to put in one of those or the time to, to actually do it. Yeah. And there was literally a light bulb moment where I thought, well, I've got the time and I need a project, I need something to, to do um, to keep me energised. Yeah. Um, and, and I had the ideas and the concept so we thought we'd we'd give it a go and see see what happened so it was a a mid-maternity sort of spark of an idea and um obviously a bit of time to do it but it's still a big jump to take that from i can do that to i'm gonna start doing it yeah What, what was that sort of part of the journey like well, I think because I've worked with printers before and worked with buying things, I I was quite comfortable with looking around and shopping around, trying to find um, the envelope suppliers and, and new printers. So I made some I made some calls to printers to see if I could get these cards printed. Mm. Um, and we had a lot of the ideas from the jar that that John had produced. I mean, he he put that Kate made John a, um, a candlelit dinner or a breakfast in bed. Apparently, the cards are reciprocated in the jar, but. As I say, we've not opened them all yet, so we're still to see whether it, whether it works the other way around. Yeah, so um, we couldn't do things like that. So over time, we came up with the idea that we'd put a dice in the box, um, and you would roll the dice, and an odd number would be that you were doing the cooking or mm-hmm. making the breakfast, and the even number would be that your other half was. So we got away without having to mention gender Person, or yeah, really per- ultra yeah. personalise it. So yeah. um, so we worked on that. So. I think it it took a couple of months of idea spinning and and writing the cards and actually kind of having the confidence to do it. And I think in our heads we thought I'd be going to craft fairs and makers markets and things Mm. to try and sell them in the run-up to Christmas. Um, But then the online side came along really and really took off. So we didn't really have to do that, which was amazing. (laughs) And you must have had quite a lot of fun actually coming up with more ideas to put into the jars. Is Is that your creative side, John? Um. There was some heated discussions. There was some, we've got to go and try that ourselves first. Um, and there's something there that I still don't like today, but Kate insists that they need to be in the box. But it was um, it, it was quite a collaborative discussion, really, when we yeah. went through everything. Because I said, I put things through, through 74 in the one I created, but we, to, to make it a year of dates, we condensed that down to 52. So we mm-hmm. took these out, changed these, and uh, made sure we didn't have any duplicates and try and get a variety in there as well. So they weren't all, they're not all, going out on a night out mm-hmm. they're not all going involve drinking they don't involve doing yeah. to the cinema they are there's a variety diverse. of things in there yeah, it's just a yeah. diverse selection which is why it's so important that you have the input from from both of you yeah. and also as parents um so you were you were working full-time at the time john kate you're on maternity leave yeah. starting to kind of put the business plan and ideas together but it's still incredibly difficult to balance um sort of that work aspect with family life how, how have you guys managed it we've been very lucky that phoebe started nursery when she was 10 months old so it, i think literally the day she started nursery 
I had a delivery of boxes um, arrive with the branded boxes because we'd had a conversation that as much as we still sell the jars, they're not very easy to package and maybe mm. there was another solution that would be a bit easier and it started off being a box we could just send things out in but then developed into its own product really, the box of dates. Um, and they arrived the day that Phoebe started nursery. So from the beginning of September, I always had three days where I could work on it and send orders out and, and work on the idea. Um, so we've been very lucky from that respect. Um, I then started a part-time job in the January um, and we juggled, kind of I worked on it on mm. a Monday and, on, and then in the evenings and then worked the other three days and then had Fridays off with our daughter and... Yeah, we do, we were there was a lot of putting it to bed and then getting all the boxes out, stuffing envelopes, mm. making boxes. Yeah, I mean, I um, started buying childcare vouchers um, as soon as Phoebe was born, so yeah. we had uh, quite a big stockpile of of the vouchers uh, in my account to pay for nursery. So obviously, I was, I was the only one earning earning salary. Yeah, but we had money to pay for to, to, to go to nursery, Just so to give that. Kate the time then to to start um, selling the selling the boxes. Yeah. Um, so you made the jump from Crafter to e-commerce. Um, what? How did that come about? Um, it was actually through um, a, a meetup that I went to and I took a jar with me. We hadn't quite launched it and it was with quite um, an influential Instagrammer at the time. And I just thought, well, I could give her a jar, but then if anything happened with it, I haven't got the backup. We haven't got a website or anything. Mm. So I just had this jar in my bag because I felt like I should have it. And I ended up talking to a few other people Um and one of those um, I'm still friends with today, and she actually sent me a link to uh, not on the high street. We're coming to Manchester to do a pitch up session, so you could go along with your ideas, mm-hmm. um, and they'd and they'd decide there and then whether they wanted to sell it on the website. So that was the middle of September. So I went along with the jars and the boxes, and pitched the idea to them, and they and they said yes, um, and took us on straight away. So from the very beginning of the journey. We had not on the high street behind us, which is an amazing platform to get us seen by so many more people. Our website was there. I mean, and that was down to John. He he built that. It started off as a blog um, because the very first date that we pulled out of the jar was to buy each other a £10 gift. <laughs> and bearing in mind the gift that I'd just been given, it was there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, we still to this day can't remember what Kate bought me. <laughs> um, but I bought Kate a year of dates.co.uk and a website to go with it. Amazing. Yeah. So cause I we started it off as a blog. So I, we could, mm. I could blog about the dates we'd been on and the envelopes we pulled out and just keep a record of the journey. Yeah. I still don't think anyone's actually read it other than maybe my mum. But it was a great way for us to keep the record of what we'd been doing. And yeah. um, and that now is the e-commerce website that we've we've built using that domain name. So. so not on the high street sounds like an amazing high right at the start of your um, of launching the business. Absolutely. Um, but like any entrepreneurial journey, it is just a roller coaster, isn't it, of highs and lows. Um, can you share a little bit about, you know, some of those that how that's been for you guys over the last couple of years from the, the business side? The biggest one that I think um, it's it's a high but a low at the same time. And it's... Um, it comes comes with stress and just feeling the um, the pressure to deliver. Mm. Um, like I said, we went on not on the high street in the September, um, and we've now discovered that Valentine's Day is the key time of the year that, that our product sells. It is, yeah, um, it is the perfect Valentine's Day present. Um, and Kate um, was asked by not on the high street to be in their promotion. Okay. Um, which, which we agreed to, and she said, "Yeah, I can, I can fulfil five, ten orders a day. You know, I, 
I can, I can, that's how much I can get through. They agreed, it's fine. Um, very, very quickly within um, the middle of the Jan- January, mm-hmm. 70, 80 orders a day. Um, and it's a, so it's a massive um, positive that people wanted yeah. to buy the product. But from Kate's perspective, she just, the, the pressure we're on her was, she was, I mean, she was breaking down, she was in tears because she didn't want to, she didn't want to rush it. She didn't want to send people things right. that she wanted every box to be right. And the, and this was at very early stages where the process of building the boxes was still being learnt. Mm. So it was very, um, not, not, not clunky. But it wasn't as refined as it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we were having to hand seal all the envelopes ourselves as well as build the boxes and fulfill them and take them to the shop to get set and, and I was working, so it was Kate. And she she delivered. Yeah. Um, not in the high street, we were very supportive, but it was a very, very stressful window uh, for Kate. As it kind of was a baptism of fire within the first six months. She was, you know, head in hands crying because she couldn't keep up with fulfilment. Yeah, and that's right. that's a common story, you know. Startups fail because they don't anticipate the fulfillment aspect of it. They're they're almost too successful and they're not geared up to deliver it. But it sounds like you managed to pull through. Yeah, I mean, there's two different versions of the box. There's a regular one where they all use different coloured envelopes, and any colour envelope could be any type of date. And then, kind of aimed at more parents or people who work shifts or maybe are on a budget, we do a colour coded version as well. So anything in a blue envelope is something you can do at home. Yellow is a night out. And green is a day out, but not on the high street. Said, well, let's just do one rather than the other, and then it'll help you not mm-hmm. have to split the split the quantities and and work out which one's which. Um, but then they picked, so they were helping me. So they went on and edited my my listing and just chose the color coded one, which actually is more work because you have to count the right number of the color co- of the blue envelopes, then match the cards to them. So yeah. as much as we were speeding things up because we actually weren't putting the cards in the envelopes we were sending them out separately for the people to do that themselves um so that they could see what was in the envelopes because a lot of people were asking us what was on the cards Mm. and obviously we didn't want to tell them but so we we spun it to say well you can see what's on the envelopes because then on the cards because they're not in the envelopes Mm. so um but we still had to count them out separate the cards into the right piles and then put a band around them and and then they swapped and we did it with the regular sets. And by that point, we were just, it was a production line of putting things in boxes. But for quite a while, um, we had John's parents around in the evenings, John's sister, anybody we could get our hands on to come and sit in the evenings and yeah. put cards in envelopes for us. Because um, there's 52 envelopes per set. Yeah. Um, so it's quite time consuming. Yeah. So it really was a family affair. Really, really was. Um, we had to take them all out for dinner, I think. We still do that now after this <laughs> Valentine's Day. We still took them all out for dinner because they help with childcare. They still yeah. come and stuff envelopes in the evenings. They're always on hand to do nursery pickups if, mm. we're, if we're struggling or take her at the weekend so that we can carry on. So, yeah, it's a very much been a family affair. So that kind of jump in demand and somewhat un- unanticipated because it was your first time round, would have needed quite a bit of capital to actually fulfil that, that, to then get paid by not in the high street. How have you guys managed to fund the business? We've been lucky in the sense that obviously I've been earning a salary. Mm-hmm. So we've had the money coming in from me that we knew would pay all the bills. Um, and we were also very lucky at our wedding where people were very, very generous. Um, and effectively it was going to be our house deposit. Mm-hmm. Um, we had money in the bank and we thought, well, it's going to work or it's not. And so let's let's take the risk. Let's use the money we've got in our savings accounts to buy boxes, buy envelopes um, and get ourselves this little business spun, spun up so Kate can... And, and, and in the beginning it was, it was Kate. Mm. It's it's Kate's drive and Kate's um, hard work that's, that's got it where it is. 
I think by the end of the first Valentine's Day, we'd paid ourselves back our savings. Um, and it also gave us then the money to invest in in new products. It was after that first Valentine's Day that we then introduced the birthday boxes that we do, which are 30 things to do when you're 30 and 40 things to do when you're 40. So we were able to expand the product range and mm-hmm. everything still involved envelopes and cards being inserted into envelopes and them sealed. Um, but we could we could add more ideas to it and more boxes. And then it meant that after Valentine's Day, which we were very reliant on, we had birthdays that occurred all year yeah. round and we could we could market those all year rather yeah. than just at one specific point. So. so the business is growing and John, you've just recently left your full-time job and come full-time, I'm not going to say you weren't in the business before because it sounds like you've been in it every step of the way, but um, in, a, in a full-time capacity, what were you doing before? I know Kate, you mentioned that you're the technical person behind the business. So. Yes, well, I am actually still in um, my job. I'm, I've got three months notice to work. Yeah. Um, I, I work in IT, um, mm-hmm. combination of um, development and IT operations. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've always worked in, in the IT industry. Um, which is hence why the the websites, um, getting things like that up and running, um, linking everything through together, yeah. it's it's something intuitive that, for intuitive, you. Very, yeah, very intuitive. Uh, so it's, it's yes, been it's been a bit of a difficult um, bit of a difficult decision where we we've, we've sat down and had quite a lot lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, having the salary, we've got guaranteed money coming through the door. We know we can pay the mortgage. We know we've got that that money and that um, that bit of security. Um, but. We've talked about it, and the um, the only way that the Iridates is going to grow now is um, by having me and me and Kate work together. Um, when I was when I was speaking to my my boss and I'm just explaining to him, you know, my reasons for leaving. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter it's not a matter of make or break. It's a matter of make. Yeah, this is our opportunity now to actually make Iridates and take it to the next level. Yeah. So, how has the dynamic changed, or has it changed now that you're taking a more sort of invested? role in the business? Um, well, like I said, I've always had input. Mm. Um, I think Kate preferred me when I was a silent partner. <laughs> um, Has he ever been a silent partner? <laughs> He's a lot less silent than he used to be, that's for sure, but yeah. Um, but no, I mean, we work great together. Um, so I, I come from a very technical background, so um, anything to the websites, things like that, and the, the, the finances, um, and probably a bit more of a commercial overview. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Kate is creative, she's you know uh, she's she is the idea lady. She's the perfectionist. She's the one that makes wants to make sure that every box that goes out the door is right. Um, so between the two of us, we we try and cover as, as many of the bases as we, as we can do. It's a very emotive product, so I know that it feels like you want people to feel like you felt on Christmas Day, and that's why it's so important. Yeah, and you. I think I've definitely got into a certain way of doing things. I mean, I used to shuffle all the cards in the set because they're all in different coloured envelopes, and I'd I'd shuffle them. And I think John watched me one day, and he said, "It's just taking you two minutes to shuffle that one set of card, and you've got eighty orders to get out the door. Mm-hmm. It's going to take you x amount of time. And what are you doing? Just put them in the box." So there's definitely been a lot more efficiencies. Yeah. We've got a lot more processes Lean. in place. Yeah. Um, we don't have a dice anymore. We do. Um, the cards say you can flip a coin instead. So it's one less thing to remember to put in the boxes. Yeah. Um, at the moment, you get five blank cards as well to add your own ideas and they're hand tied with a ribbon. So I've tied every single one of those ribbons. I've but tied a couple. John tied a couple so we could <laughs> did say... Did you tie them? <laughs> yeah. Um, he did it so we could say... That I couldn't say that I tied every single ribbon was why he did it. Yeah. Um, 
but there's a lot of time that goes into that so we're replacing those with a cardboard wrap that will be secured with a sticker um, and just little details like that that are just making everything a little bit easier to manage and making production easier so we can we can yeah. scale up um, and we're, then we can add more products yeah. as well so yeah but we do work and it, John's probably the only other person that I would trust to put the boxes together because there's the two different versions of it and I know that he understands the importance of not mixing them up and someone's ordered one set they don't want to get the other set and He's the only other person that mm. I know I could trust to do it because that's the thing, handing it over to somebody else isn't something that I'd want to do right Yet. now. We have a lady that fulfills the envelope. She stuffs all the date cards for us um, mm. and it's taken us a long time. It took John a long time to convince me that I needed someone else to do it. And then it took a long time me saying, and this is how the card goes in the envelope. Mm. And she was looking at me as if I was John's completely John's building a robot mad. that's going to do this in your garage, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I wish I he would. <laughs> so um, you've both been on, uh, you know, uh, this movement, move from career into entrepreneurs. Um, what has um, building a business taught you about yourselves? I think it's taught me that I'm a lot more resilient than I realised. I think... I've always, when I've had to deal with um, issues for clients in my old jobs, it's always been someone else that you have to go to and say, do you think we should do this? Is this the best way to do it? And when you're kind of doing it for yourself and you're in the thick of it, you just have to get on with it and find the solution and make it work. Like when the envelope supplier runs out of blue envelopes and every colour-coded set needs blue envelopes, you have to find a workaround and, and mm. quickly because it's the middle of Valentine's Day and and you make it work. And every time I've kind of said, oh, I can't do this anymore. There's too many orders. I need to take us out of stock. John's always been the one that's like, no, we can do it. It's fine. Just keep going. So, uh, yeah, it's. I think it's definitely proved that we can. That I can do it. I never would have thought five years ago that I would say I was running my own business. And John, what about you? Um, I think I've realised that I have a lot more knowledge than I think I did. So I've always worked in IT, but in very commercial environments. Um and I've always been involved in all sorts of discussions, anything from tenders through to finances. Um, and it's only now when I'm trying to pull everything together, I'm suddenly realising that actually I do understand the concept of cash flow. I do understand the concept of um, assets and writing things off and this. And So it's um, whilst I am predominantly IT, mm. um, the knowledge I've gained from different different parts of the work that I've been doing, I think has been very useful. Yeah. Um, just really sometimes useless pieces of information um, that suddenly actually has now proven useful to us. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the thing about careers. And what we've seen really interesting is the number of entrepreneurs that are starting this, you know, some, you know, somewhere in their 30s, 40s. And we even have some uh, that are in their 50s, which is great um, because you've collected all this, um, you know, all of this experience from a variety of different sources. And it's like a jungle gym sometimes of gathering it up. Um, and then it all comes together in these uh, businesses. So, Let's look ahead for a year of dates. What's in the years ahead? What are the goals for the business? I think one of our key goals that we've started to talk about, but we're, we're not there yet. We need the dust to settle with both of us being in the business and see how that pans out. But I think it's getting our own space. We currently work from home. So uh, what would be our grown-up living room that we imagined when we moved into our house 18 months ago is currently our office. Um, our spare bedroom is the warehouse full of stock. Um and every every other surface in the house has some part of the business on it. So I think eventually we will need to start looking for premises. We will need to move out. Um, for us, stock management is a really big deal because we can't hold that much stock. Um, so we can run out 
and it would just be great to be able to have all this stock on shelves and know that you don't have to think oh I need to order that now because that box mm. is running low and we can we can scale up a lot easier then but like I say I think we're probably 12 months away I think the dust needs to settle with John joining and and see how things pan out but um, possibly getting into retail um, wholesaling the orders taking it offline and bringing it onto the high street I guess mm-hmm. would be would be something that we'd like to do and there's a lot more products that we've got in mind to develop again to cover more ideas we're just launching an anniversary box for gold silver ruby and pearl wedding anniversaries we've got other products in mind that we want to work on and lots of other ideas and just so many opportunities that we want to we want to um, fulfill but we just can't we just haven't got the time we need mm. we need both of us to be there so when one of us is out and about networking we know orders are going out the door yeah. so kind of make sure you're making the best time you see your time you know if I was looking at in from the outside as an investor um, potentially you would look like in a very attractive offering because you come with very different skill sets you've got a technical co-founder you've self-funded the business you've invested all of your own and, and that's what most investors like to say is that the founders have skin in the game um, you know the, the talk of scale and, and premises you know is investment something that you're considering or what's the plan are you going to continue to self-fund and grow gradually at your own pace I'd like to think we can do it ourselves, um, self-funding it um, and just growing as as the business grows. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we haven't even thought about it. I mean, with the usual jokes of, um, you know, should go on Dragon's Den or... Don't. It's a terrible <laughs> show. Yeah, um, or, you know, some 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 big organisation will come and say, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll buy it off you for some, mm. some ridiculous sum of money. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I think, I mean, the amount of blood, sweat and tears that Kate's put into it, um, and the amount of energy that I want to want to put into the business, I don't think mm. we'd want to just just accept things and just um, let somebody else take yeah. take the benefits of it. I think we want to we want to grow it and we want to have the benefit for ourselves. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. It's not something we've we've ever had to consider. It was something that somebody suggested to us once, saying, "Oh, you know, I might know somebody who wants to invest, but we are lucky enough that we're not in a position where we need to. We can grow organically to a certain level and then and then see where." where we're at and we, we've joined a lot of different networks we're main members of the chamber of commerce um we're working with the business growth hub there's all these different people out there who are helping mm-hmm. us and business advisors which is just brilliant because they putting us in touch with the right people and and looking out for things for us so when the time does come i think we've got the support and and the network around us that we can yeah we can do it ourselves yeah raising money from your customers is what you guys are doing which is the most sustainable way to do it so um, you've, you've come quite a long way and we've talked about the highs and lows um, and if I could put you in a time machine and take you back, um, is there anything that you would do differently? Buy more stock earlier. <laughs> before that very first Valentine's Day. Yeah, yep. definitely before that first Valentine's Day and this Valentine's and Day. And last Valentine's Day. Yep. Okay, every, every Valentine's Day. Every Valentine's Day has okay. just exceeded our expectations. Okay, and we'll re-release this four years next year. <laughs> yeah, just to remind us that we need to... Start. I think I am yeah. becoming a bit of a hoarder now. <laughs> the amount of envelopes that are in our house is ridiculous and we're not allowed to use them because they're for next Valentine's Day because the suppliers literally yeah. ran out and we couldn't get hold of any of the envelopes we needed and... As much as I think I'm being organised, I'm not. And there's always the lead time. So there's something that always trips me up. And then I'll go to one of our other products and realise the box is empty and I've run out and I've been so busy focusing on something else I've not noticed. Mm. Um, 
So there's all the, the stock management side of things, which John is putting processes in place to stop that happening now. So the listeners uh, will typically be businesses that are starting up or have started and are on that similar journey. And uh, I'm just wondering, sort of, uh, just to wrap up this seat this afternoon, what tips and advice that you would give to your fellow entrepreneurs who are out there trying to do the same thing, whether it's through e-commerce or, or any other kind of tech? Um, I think from from my point of view, as in looking at, at Kate, as she's, 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 she's done this, um, it is, she just mentioned, like the, the business growth hub, it's mm-hmm. the Chamber of Commerce, um, something I've not really been able to do, participate in, but there's organisations like the Pink Link and Mank Mamas. There's a lot of groups out there to to support each other in the, in these journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been really, really good for Kate. Um, I think she's been out there. She, it's really helped her confidence. She's now in a position where she's able to talk to other people as well. So um, going out there and speaking to other people and trying to join if there's, if there's a local community of other entrepreneurs nearby, try and talk to them and, and share ideas and get involved. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of, well, I know somebody who can do this. Oh, and by the way, I need a box. So there's it's a, two, it's a two-way street where, you know, they you can help them, they can help you, but then they, they can also be a source of, of income. Yeah. Um, so going out there and, and seeing who else is out there to help. And there's a lot of free services as well from the government. Because yeah. um, Kate's done, um, you know, she's done Google courses. Um, I think um, business development course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through the Business Growth Hub, um, they ran a Spark to Scale course last year that I was able to be part of. And yeah, it's just getting out there and and putting yourself out there. I think and having the confidence to say this is my idea, this is what I'm doing. Um, and it's not always easy to start with. I think the other thing that I would say is start quite small. Don't kind of risk your house on it don't our initial investment was something we could afford to do if it didn't work out it wouldn't have been great but we wouldn't have ended up you know losing mm. the house or in debt so I think it starts small and make sure it it's kind of you've worked out if it's a viable idea before you leap in with both feet yeah take calculated risks definitely but you also have to take the risks to yeah. do it but just try and manage those a little bit if you can I mean not long ago, we heard, um, I think it was a Tom Hunter, um, and he was saying that you know, a lot of people say it's just been in the right place at the right time. Um, and in our, in, our, in our position, it's not in the high street. We, um, you know, if it wasn't for not in the high street, I don't think we would be where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have got there, we had to have took out the idea, we had to have made, this, made the decisions to make the investments to get yeah. things in place to be in the position where we can be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's really key. It's it's not just it's not just oh they were you not know, they're, they're successful because they were very lucky. You have to be wanting to be lucky to be lucky. Yeah, and there's serendipity in that as well. And you can actually thank the baby because you wouldn't have been at that mum's and babies thing. That's <laughs> very true. Yeah, she she can take a little it bit. It all comes of back to the, that jar, John. <laughs> when she can stuff envelopes, she'll be more useful. Yeah, that's a good plan. Um, and you're absolutely right on the networking piece. I think we've heard from pretty much every guest that we've had in here who comes in to give us advice is that ask for help and there's so many people out there that want to give it and in fact Kate you're um, paying that forward tonight with uh, your first co-facilitation of a mentoring circle that we're hosting here at UK Fast. Yeah it's very exciting I'm looking forward to it Um, it's going to be a a good opportunity to meet again meet more people and tell our story and and help other people as well yeah it's going to be good. Yeah hopefully you're staying for it as well. I am. John yeah everybody's welcome. And I look forward to hearing what the discussion has. Um, 
if you have enjoyed this podcast and you have bought into the idea of making good connections, there is another podcast on the series um, with Naomi Temperley that covers that topic and how you can do it if, it, if you're a first timer to it. Um, if you are someone that has an idea that um, you want to have a go at having a business, please do listen to the podcast and to Kate and John's advice. Their story's been um, very inspiring. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. Um, so for now, I hope you get a better night's sleep. Thank you. Present like the fear from above.